Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune. We are here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Amanda Giroux. How are we doing on this beautiful Wednesday? I'm doing great. Ready for day two. Let's go. Are you ready for a Russell Westbrook trade is the real question. It's not happening. (laughs) He's coming back. Darvin Ham's like, we're going to run plays together. Is that the rumor? Every day the rumor. I mean, Jeannie just said he's the best player on the team. (laughs) We do have to get into that. That was the most... I mean, I'm like, what is she talking about right now? I mean, I I, I get that you want to put the positive vibes out there that we're happy to have him yeah. back but I mean come on now goodness gracious alright let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes visit CircaSports.com for details hit it Amanda Dodgers became the first team to reach 90 wins this season by beating the New York Mets. The Mets have been seen as possibly the biggest threat to the Dodgers in the playoffs. But if the Dodgers sweep them in this series, will that change your mind? I don't think it does. I I do think that the um, Mets are very good. I think the Dodgers are the best team right now. What what this does effectively is does give them some confidence. It gives them some confidence that we can do this. I mean, a series sweep, branded. I mean, I mean. Can yeah. you really see that happening? Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Degrom, Scherzer, one of them is going to pitch the series, right? So, I don't know, but I mean, I, it's going to be. Th- we always say the Dodgers—they're going to struggle in a playoff series, but it's like they keep winning. So, will they? I mean, they have 90 wins before September. How crazy is that? Yeah. I mean, they could get 110 wins. This is a team that you really can't count out. They have tenacity. They have guys that step up. I mean, the guy that closed yesterday, he was cut by the Mets. And they came on the Dodgers and beat the Mets. What a story. It just seems like this is going to have a Hollywood ending this year. I truly believe that. No pitching. This kind of reminds me of the Red Sox team that just had Chris Sale. You got Kershaw pitching on Thursday. He's pitching tomorrow. You know, he's going to have his swag on the mound. How much do they need Kershaw back? Because, listen, now they don't have Walker Bueller. We don't know what's going to be the issue with Tony Gonsolin. This is is what's going to make him an all— I mean, he's already an all-time great. But this is like Kershaw needs to be— vintage Kershaw for them to win the World Series. No more choking in the postseason. None of that crap. He needs to be vintage Kershaw, and it starts tomorrow. I know he doesn't have his velocity anymore, but he still has the best curveball in the league. And this is a guy that is just a master at what he does. So they really need him to step up. Because you know Dustin May is going to step up. You know Tyler Anderson is going to be okay. Urias is great, but the Gonsolin thing sucks. Hopefully he's back soon. 
what do you think Kershaw's role is going to be in terms of on the pitching staff? Ace. Okay. So I mean, interesting. With, with Gonsolin out, you got to roll with Kershaw. That's your guy most experienced. And look, it's going to be hilarious when he goes up against the Cardinals in game one. And you're just like looking at the memories of him against the Cardinals. And I'm just rooting for Kershaw to silence the doubters. This is truly one of the most special pitchers we've ever seen. People are like, oh, he's only 34. Why is his body breaking down? He's been pitching in the major leagues oh, yeah. since he was 19 years old. Like, that's unreal. You know, it, there's been times in the past where they've used him to close games in high yeah, leverage situations. Yeah. Do you see any chance of that? It, it's possible. I mean, if it's in like a game four, uh, he could come in like Scherzer did against the Giants last year. You could have him play that type of role. Um, but it wouldn't be after he pitched in game one until like a couple more games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number two. The Clippers guard John Wall came out and said that he contemplated suicide while dealing with his injuries and family tragedies over the past couple of seasons. This just shows you that we never know what someone is going through. How can sports leagues better implement programs and people to help with mental health and athletes? This was so heartbreaking when I saw this because, again, we don't really view players in terms of this light that they are human beings and they're going through a lot. Yeah. So when John Wall's not playing, what's the first thing that we go to? He's making that much not to play. You don't think John Wall wants to play? He wanted to play so badly and beyond just the court, what he went through in his life. And so we don't view them in that light. Why? Because, listen, we would just watch them on TV. TV, we see what they, they get paid. And so our first thought is, you know, John Wall's making how, you know, what did he make a year 40, ago? $44 million. $44 million not to play. That really hurt him not to play. A lot of times these guys need to play. That's the escape from their life for him to be paid that much to effectively sit home. These were the thoughts that he had when he yeah. was at home. He wanted to play. Yeah, yeah, no, no. This is um, this is the same stigma of mental health. Like, oh, you can't show your emotions. You can't show weakness. I mean, Skip Bayless said this about Dak Prescott just a year ago. Oh, your guys are gonna lose now because Dak is showing weakness. I mean, how how tone deaf is that? Uh, it's it's this is a serious issue. These are human beings. It's not just athletes. Everyone deals with mental health issues, the problems, especially when you're put on that that pedestal that John Wall, like the number one pick, this guy's a future Hall of Famer, and then kind of taking all the tenacity, all the all the struggles he's had to deal with the past couple of years, and then his family tragedies, his injuries, it makes sense. But remember, we got to talk to people. There has to be more uh, money put into programs that help with these players in all aspects of sports. I know we saw Darren Waller and all these guys working with those new, um, you know, mental health, Jalen Hurts, those new mental health programs, and, and they're partnering with them. That needs to be more implemented across the leagues. We can't expect these guys to just, and I think that's also why, now I'm not, I'm not saying Antonio Brown did all what he did because he didn't have the help, but I definitely, that's the reason. This is a guy that ha definitely had bipolar disorder and had other, you know, um, mental struggles that he dealed with, dealt with, and needed help and no one provided him that help I'm, I'm not saying no one did like maybe someone no, did but, you know but there needs to be it needs to be out there and implemented into the league more so because not everyone's you know no one's a superhero right these are human beings mm -hmm. i completely agree and honestly i was so proud of john wall because the transparency that it takes to be that open and honest it really is a sign of toughness and for him to do that on a on a broad stage where he knew that that video was going to get circulated, it's going to help people, and that's the most important thing. My biggest thing is that how are we as a society 
going to treat athletes going forward because we had the Ben Simmons situation just last season where people are poking fun at him for saying that he had mental health. And I it's a mean, bit different, but yeah. I, I mean, he's he's his story is that he's I mean, he was embarrassed to, to shoot a basketball. That's a little different. But yes, I, I agree. People were a little too hard on him, even though his situation was a bit a bit different. I just think that we don't know what goes through an athlete. You're mind. right. So You're I'm, right. I'm of the mindset that I'm going to take the athlete for what they are saying that they're experiencing, even if maybe they are milking it a little bit. It still is something that I would you know not take lightly at all so this going forward situations like that i'm really curious to see how we deal with it as a society because media is ruthless mm. media will go at you and That's they care true. about results it's really interesting because we talk about mental health more in so on social media and in the news and yet there is still a stigma around it and it's crazy because when you if somebody has a physical injury and they step out fans are so supportive of that and um they want them to like recover and are they don't get backlash for a physical injury necessarily where with mental health when you look back at simone biles when she stepped down from the olympics she received so much negative backlash and it's crazy because mental health is a, a real problem and a real condition and it needs to be accepted more and i think one way that they can kind of implement more check-ins is to have like routine check-ins for these players and instead of singling out a single single player and making somebody have to go get the help making them all check in and receive therapy or you know talk about it when you're performing under that much pressure i can't even imagine you know what they're struggling with internally um and yeah like brandon said you know that's a great point because sometimes they don't want to check in with their coach because i mean they they don't want to be viewed as weak but i mean if you have someone who says hey listen i've been I've been observing you and you're not yourself. And like, like, let's go off to the side and talk about this. I mean, I am so happy that this is not accepted by everyone. You know, there's still pe- people out there who'll be like, oh, you know, so-and-so is making $20 million or 30. It doesn't matter. In fact, it makes it 10 times worse. If they're making that much and they're just at home and they're viewing themselves in a certain way, again, to your point, Brandon, we don't know what these people are going through. Yeah. Also, it was great that Kevin Love, a couple years back. Oh, yeah. I know he's dealt with a lot, and he was one of the first people that said, you know what, this is, he's dealt with anxiety. Uh, what about, um, what was his name, Royce, uh, oh, oh, uh, uh, Young. Royce, Royce Young. Young, years yeah, ago, oh, yeah, totally. couldn't go on a plane, mm-hmm. you know, was a great athlete, and the or- the Houston Rockets organization at the time was not helpful, and he was out of the league within two years. They did not, they, they said they weren't going to, uh, you know, ostracize him, but they did, you know what I'm saying? 100%. And that's a problem. The organization's just expect these guys a lot of them i'm not saying this is every organization just come in make their money and leave and just be a stand-up guy but you never know what's going on in, in behind the scenes right and these are human beings we need to be okay to just talk about it because it's not it's not not everything's always going to be all right yeah you know what i'm saying so hats off to john wall for the transparency okay moving on to headline three Former Raiders coach John Gruden came out and said he was shameful for his actions that transpired before his firing last year, but he is still a good person and deserves another shot. He went on to say that everyone makes mistakes and that he still loves football. 
What are your thoughts? And will Gruden ever coach in the NFL again? So a couple things here. I think he needs someone else to say he is a good person. I, I know John Gruden no <laughs> doubt thinks he is a good person. He needs someone else to say this. Number two, I really thought that this would happen very quickly following that initial story. He needed to do that sit-down interview with someone. Um, it's been a long time. And so uh, the fact of the matter is, I, I think he was on cloud nine as the head coach in Las Vegas, 10 years, $100 million contract. He thought he was untouchable. It probably took him until now to realize you are not going to get another job. But again, someone needed to talk to him and say, who is out there that's respected, that can say, yeah. John Gruden, listen, this is a good man. He deserves a second. John Gruden can't be that person. John Gruden can't be the guy who says, I'm a good guy. I deserve a second chance. We know that, John. Who else is out there? You know? I love it. I was like, I've been married to my wife for 31 years. It has nothing years. to do with the emails who and cares? what he said. Congratulations, you're loyal. I guess that does deserve a medal these days. But still, <laughs> it's like, John Gruden. Oh, dude. Like, oh, yeah, I got I got great kids. They love me. Of course they love you. You're their father, dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why wouldn't they love you? I, also, like, someone else needs to be like, all the players they've talked to are like, John Gruden was, was a POS. You know, he came in the locker room. He was very chauvinistic about his attitudes. And look, this guy is just, he's off the rails. He was off the rails when he was an analyst at ESPN, you know, and like that was the go-to job because really it, it, they hit oh, all of his, amazing. right? And he was doing the QB room and stuff. That was like a dream and job. And what these commentators make now, it's I incredible. Know. He left to go be a football coach. And it's yeah. like, what, I know he got paid a ton of money, sure. but dude, what are you doing? And now he's not, I mean, look, I don't feel sorry for him. He's got like, what, $150 million in the bank, but like he's never going to coach how, again. I don't know how much of that he kept though from that contract, yeah. right? You think but, he spent it all on no, I don't think so. Well, uh, probably some, probably some. I, I think that I'm a believer in second chances, but I completely agree with both of you in the sense that you can't be the one that's apologizing for your, or taking, um, making it that you are saying that I am a great person. You can't do it from a first person point of view. You yeah. kind of have to let others say that about you. And also yeah. this, it, it, it was a year ago and all of a sudden now randomly he's speaking up. It makes me feel like with NFL season right around the corner, like is he trying to get something out of somebody? Because the timing of it just kind of seems weird. A little sus, a little it sus. was a little suspect, but honestly, I'm a believer in second chances. Maybe not right now in this current moment, but I, I yeah. agree with you. I think a big problem in our society right now is this cancel culture. Yeah. And I don't, I don't oh, know if yeah. that's necessarily happening to him, but it's really sad because we're all yeah. humans at the end of the day and, and we all can, you know, make our wrongs right. We should have a yeah. second chance. But I think he really fumbled the bag back when he had a chance to, when he took over the Raiders and he had a chance to get Tom Brady. That's right. And he passed on him for Derek Carr. Yeah, like, what a clown. Who does that? I mean, Carr, look, I love that, Carr I love gets a that lot they of put hate. him on blast, though. They, they put, I mean, he could have gotten that, that combo, Tom Brady and Gronk. If they don't go to Vegas, they go to Tampa and they win that Super Bowl. I know, but you got to think about this. Like, yes, I would have, everyone would have done that. But, yeah. like, Derek Carr is still underrated. He had the 12th QBR in the NFL with the worst offensive line in the league. The worst. Okay, so like, but we can't and, compare and, that and to he's Brady. Exactly. And he's a stand-up, <laughs> he's a stand-up guy. He's a man of God. I love Derek Carr. It's my guy. We're, com leader. we're comparing Tom Brady to Derek Carr, though. The <laughs> yeah, I'd rather thing, have Tom Brady, of course. The greatest thing was that 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 Tom brought that up when he was on LeBron's show, and and we didn't know who he was talking about. But he's like, "You passed on me for that," and he said a, yeah. a name. Um, but that's who he was talking about. And again, to your point, Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback, but he's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the GOAT. I mean, look at what he's done with Tampa. Won a Super Bowl, 
I mean, they Might lost win another to the Rams. One. Yeah. So, I mean, my goodness. That, that, that's, that's such a Gruden thing to do, too. Yeah. Such a Gruden thing to do. Moving on to headline four, USC football is back this weekend with a brand new squad taking on Rice. The Trojans are favored 32.5 points, and this Trojans team is expected to put up a ton of points in each game. Are you excited to see the new look for this program and how excited fans will be at the Coliseum this week? I am so excited. I am such a big USC fan. And the fact of the matter is that was the worst season. There's been a lot of bad seasons with Clay Helton, but that was the worst in terms of like no one caring about the game. I mean, at the very least, even when it was a bad USC season, fans would want to go out and tailgate, drink pregame, and then they would probably leave like around the, um, you know, before the, the start of the game. The last season was so depressing. It was totally changed. Now, you got um, a new coach, a new quarterback, and I think everyone's really excited about this upcoming season. Yes, against Rice, going to be a blowout, but you know, very excited about this team. Um, they will give up a ton of points this season, not on Saturday. But yeah, listen, I mean, I think sports are more fun when the Trojans are competitive. USC football, they're totally back. And thankfully, because of the transfer portal, the, you know, the the um, the turnaround happened a lot quicker. So, Brandon, you went to USC as well. Yeah. I mean, are you pumped up about this upcoming season? I am pumped. I mean, I talked to a guy the other day, uh, and he was like, dude, the, the Trojans are going to win 11 games. I'm like, and they're going to make the no, CFP. I'm, and I was like, no. well, they play Notre I, Dame I hope in Utah. So, you know, but Notre Dame will be tough. I do. I actually think this is a hot take. I think we lose to Utah. Um, beat Notre Dame. So I do think yeah. we get 10 wins. Uh, 10 wins and we play Utah again in the championship game for a toss-up to get into the CFP. But I do think the Trojans are like a 6-10 through 10 team this year. Really good. amazing. Really great yeah. turnaround. Obviously, no one can stop their offense. But look, listen, Lincoln's not going to turn this team into the national championships in, in year one. Alabama has got the best team in the country and Ohio State's pretty close second. So... This is, I'm very excited, though. This, we're actually going to see a ton of fans at the Coliseum on Saturday. I mean, it is so depressing when the Coliseum is filled with, like, 20,000 fans. I mean, again, it seats 90,000 people, so uh, you need it to be packed. There's nothing like college football. You got Traveler. You got the Song Girls. You got the you got the pomp of the pageantry that comes with college football. What are we expecting fan-wise? Well, they're going up against Rice, so I, I don't know if it'll be packed, but I do think that there's some excitement that they, they have a Heisman Trophy contender. They have yeah. a top 10 team. Caleb's so. going to throw like 500 yards for five touchdowns. Yeah. R.I.P. Rice. What Great is, academic school, by the way. Okay. <laughs> what is like a red flag for you if you see this on Saturday? Like a ton they, of penalties, a ton of, you know, just, just not a good team. I mean, again, they, they should blow out this team, but if there's a lot of false starts, penalties like that, I mean, that was the problem with Clay Helton, not a disciplined mm -hmm. football team. Yeah. So I hear we'll you. see. I mean, if Rice puts up 40 points, it's kind of concerning. Well, that's too. <laughs> yeah, that's too. Moving on to headline five, the Lakers continue to make headlines. Jeannie Russ said yesterday that Russell Westbrook was the best Laker and then rephrased it by saying that he played in a lot of games. <laughs> Another report came out about potential lineups, including both Pat Bev and Russ. How do you think this plays out? I, I mean, I, I don't know where Jeannie was going through. If she wanted to say he was the most consistent Laker, I can totally agree with that. The best Laker, I mean, that's a... I, the, that's a joke and I don't think she meant it. I, I really don't know what she was saying there, but maybe she meant most consistent. Yes, he did show up to work. He did play hard. I will say that. 
Outside of that, he wasn't a very good player. I mean, by like any metric, whether it's points, whether it's turnovers, whether it's whatever. Don't even go into his efficiency. Yeah, so, um, but we've talked about this. I think that they want to mend the fence on the off chance that he does come back. I don't think we have a John Wall situation where they they tell him, don't come here. I don't think we have that. But they are trying to move him. I mean, they are trying to move him so desperately that they are saying, listen, two first round picks. Like, if it's the right package, they will totally, they, they have to move him. They it, have to move him. Yeah, it, go it's ahead. It's just an everyday thing with this. And then you have Pat Bev yesterday took to Twitter responding to somebody talking about him and Russ being in the lineup together, basically doubling down and saying, yeah, it might happen. Like, yeah, we're ready for it. We don't care. Yeah. It's just, how do you go into a season after a disastrous season last year? Yeah. The worst, like, season most disappointing most ever. disappointing laker team in history and yeah. now you're gonna kind of double down on it you can't do that I, you know i just want to know uh was genie hanging out with snoop dog what kind of weed was she smoking <laughs> during that? i mean i'm just like geez that is she must have been high when she said that it's crazy because right? you have the indiana rumors but my whole thing with the indiana rumors is why hasn't it happened yet if it was so because like, indiana's close. greedy they want too but much. they do have time i mean listen I, I think the drop dead period is right before camp and then, so that's what the end of september, september like the okay so i think that's their date but at the end of the day and i'm telling you guys this and i told you this when we were in las vegas what'll happen at the end of the day is rob Polink is gonna give up more than he wants to because they know that they have to make this that they have to make this trade but the thing is like you know what they can give up Westbrook two picks and what else are you going to include to spice up the offer Austin Reeves no whoa 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 we're not trading Austin Reeves and that's what I'm saying (laughs) kidding me we know what the what if the deal falls apart because of that it could I know what the I would rather keep Westbrook than get rid of Austin Reeves we know what the max the Lakers can offer is so what is this back and forth like it doesn't make sense it's either going to happen or it's not yeah nope I totally agree All right, let's leave it there for now when we come back we'll be joined by our good friend Grant Mona when we return on the Mighty or 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 and 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with 12 million in guaranteed prizes are back visit circusports.com for details and here he is our main man grant money mona grant how are you wow 
I'm doing good. I love that he used the money moniker, but I think Brandon must have taught you that he one. He did. He's been really stressing <laughs> oh, yeah. money, Mona. I mean, yeah. this man's loyalty to Paul George. I love it. I love it. I know you saw that text this morning when I was praising my girlfriend, a girlfriend appreciation day, and he's like, he's like, man, continue, man. I love Paul George. I'm so loyal to him. Is man. it girlfriend appreciation day? Hey, not just day? Paul George. No, it's, it's not. I just I, every day is my girlfriend appreciation day. Treat her like a queen. Wow. There we go. Okay. And meanwhile. Grant, Grant shows Paul George over his girlfriend to appreciate. That's a guy loyal to the grave. I Clipper wish she was fan. on the show so we could ask her if, if this is true or not. Wow. All right. Before yeah, we talk about like that. Yeah. Before, b- before we talk about Paul George, uh, Grant, Jeannie Buss called Russell Westbrook the best player on the Lakers last season. Before you laugh, uh, I think she maybe corrected herself and maybe said the most consistent. He played it in a ton of games. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think she was meaning like the best player talent-wise because I think we all know and everyone that's watched the games, I, I hope she watched the games. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, it's just the fact that he was the most consistent. Yes, he was in the lineup for a lot of the games. I mean, we can't deny that. Even through COVID, you guys being hurt, Russell Westbrook was the most consistent, whether it was <laughs> for the worst or for the good. He was the most healthy. So I, I don't agree with her saying he's the best player because obviously LeBron's the best player on that team. We can't deny that. But um, I think this kind of solidifies the fact that Russell Westbrook's coming back and the fact that he's, they're going to try to make it work. And I, I think Darvin Ham came out and said that Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook have already talked you know, to each other. They're already ready on the, on the same page. Whether that's a fact, I don't know. But um, the fact that they're at least trying to make it work is, is something, I guess, right for Laker fans. I, I don't know. I mean, I think Laker fans want to want Russell Westbrook gone, but it seems like they're trying to make it work, which I, I'm kind of in on. I say wait till the trade deadline and see how it works. But yeah, it's it's just kind of weird how we went from yep he's gone, he's he's fully gone, and now hey, we're gonna run through the season with him with him and Pat Bev, which is a crazy pairing, by the way. Grant, as a Clippers fan, what will it be like to see Patrick Bever- Beverly on the Lakers? Yeah, I don't know. It, for Clipper fans, they hate to see this. Uh, because you know, Clipper fans have a very, very strong loyalty to Patrick Beverly. He was there before we got Kawhi and Paul George. He was there for the first few years, you know, after uh, Chris Paul left. So he's there with Blake Griffin and and some of the young guys with Lou Will. So he he's been you know part of the Clippers family for for a long time. And you know, when he went to Minnesota, it was kind of like okay, you know, we traded him. So um, you know, the, the Clippers traded him to, to Minnesota. So it was kind of like a favor to him, like hey, we're not going to pay you. So what we'll do is we'll ship you off to a contender. But now that he's with the Lakers, and I, you know, I don't understand this, this Clipper hate for Laker fans and the Lakers organization because the Clippers have their own things to worry about. So Clipper fans should not be worrying about which of their former players go to the Lakers. It's a great pickup for the Lakers. I, th- I mean, as a pure basketball fan, I, I think it's a great move for them. So Clipper fans should not be worried about their the roster or who goes where because the Clippers roster right now is one of the best in the league, and that's what we should be worrying about, not where Patrick Beverly goes or who he teams up with. Because, yeah, it's a great pairing for him, and it's great. It's a great opportunity for him over the Jazz, but um, Clipper fans should just not be worried about Patrick Beverly right now. We have our own things to worry about. Yeah, Grant, I wanted to ask you about this possible trade that a Western Conference executive said Anthony Davis traded to the Suns for what? DeAndre Ayton Where's and Cam from? Johnson. Some Western Conference executive. I... This isn't ball sack sports. This ball is true. <laughs> is it, we did we did not just get sacked. This is yeah. an executive saying this. I think that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Davis is still one of the best two-way players in the NBA. 
Yeah, I, I don't think cancel culture is going to come for us for this one because this is an actual <laughs> report that came out. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is. It's kind of ridiculous, but I, I could see if they want to move off of AD that it would kind of make sense. I just don't see the fit maybe with with Cam Johnson and, and, and Bridget or whoever they're going to trade. I, I just don't see the fit as opposed to Davis and LeBron. You know, I, I can understand if you, if you want to go for depth, but I think the Lakers' depth at this point in terms of defensive pieces, in terms of athleticism, it's fine right now. They need that star. So they need that star next to, Le, to LeBron. So trading aid, you know, if they absolutely want to get off aid, yeah, fine, do the trade, but you know, maybe later towards the deadline, if nothing's working out, if AD's hurt again. Um, but, you know, right now, have, pairing that star and kind of seeing where AD goes um, and starts the season with LeBron, and you know, I, I kind of think that uh, you know Anthony Davis is going to have a bounce back year. I think he's going to have a type of year you know that we saw in 2019 and 2020, where he was really, really dominant, and you know, he's in the best shape of his career. So, I think that you know Anthony Davis is probably going to get back to that. So, I'd say you know keep him for now. Um, you know, go to the trade deadline and look, if it's a complete disaster, maybe look into it, but you need that second star with LeBron and it's been proven that LeBron and AD work already. So I'd say pump the brakes on that one a little bit. Grant, we kind of touched on this already, but Mark Stein yesterday tweeted this, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly have already been in contact since becoming Lakers teammates and league sources tell me and new coach. And new coach Darvin Ham has told them that he has lineups in mind to play Russ and Pat Bev side by side. Now, I want to know, do you think if they are on the same team, do you think that that will be the Lakers starting backcourt going into the season? Uh, I, I don't know, because in theory, in a, in a basketball way, yes, it works. Because you have Russell Westbrook dominate the ball, you know he he'll be the main point guard, and then use Patrick Beverly as that defensive anchor for Westbrook to where you cannot really ask that much of Westbrook to defend. You can kind of lean on Patrick Beverly to defend who who Russ would have defended, um, and kind of just let Russ you know do the ball handling duties and and have Patrick because Patrick Beverly you know we've seen even with the Angelo Russell and with Anthony Edwards he can play besides those guys. And, and knock down shots from the three. I mean, he, he's the second best shooter. I mean, maybe even the first best shooter, I think, percentage wise, um, on the Lakers, you know, compared to the players that they have on the roster now. We, you know, it could turn, maybe we could have Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Um, but, you know, I, I think Patrick Beverly and Russ could work in theory. I mean, I've, it's hard to say because they hate each other so much in the past that we haven't really, like, thought about it basketball wise. We keep thinking about it ego wise and mentality wise. I think basketball wise, it could work, but I think the main thing would to do would probably be to stagger them. You know, either start Bev or start Russ, um, and then stagger the the, the other. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see. I can't really say anything until I see it on the court, and you know, I think we'll all see it when it comes to the court um, and when it happens. So um, I think it could work from a basketball perspective. It's just their mentality and their egos put aside. Grant, my fantasy football draft is tomorrow. Who's your first pick? Oh, my first pick. Well, I have a couple drafts. I, I have one where I have the tenth and eleventh pick. Um, but if we're talking about in, in in terms of pure one through five, I'm gonna have to go with Jonathan Taylor number one. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor is you know pretty much the guy that's gonna get you the most points. He can catch the pass. Um, he's a great run, he has a great running game. Uh, that that offensive line for the Colts really did wonders for him last year. And with Matt Ryan, you know they're probably gonna lean on Jonathan Taylor a little bit more because I think that Matt Ryan will a little bit worse than Carson Wentz was last year for the Colts. So um, I think Jonathan Taylor could have equal numbers, maybe a little bit less numbers, but even a little bit less numbers than what he had last year is still insane. Um, so, I, you know, I go with Jonathan Taylor. You know, Derrick Henry's obviously up there. I know Brandon's 
Well, in between <laughs> Cooper Cup and Derrick Henry, but I'd say go with Derrick Henry because I Dude. think Cooper Cup's going to be going to regress a little How bit. How is he going to regress, dog? <laughs> He's going to get two thousand yards. No, that, that, that's a that's a fair assessment. But I just think that teams are going to key in on him a lot. So Robinson, I know they did year. last year. Right, that's why I'm really high on Allen Robinson this year. But in terms of top five, yeah, you got to go with with him. And you know, Justin Jefferson's going to have an amazing year. So yeah, the thing with the fantasy draft this year, which a lot of people aren't really talking about, is that there's a lot of depth this year. Like you can yeah. get really, really good players in the middle rounds and even in the the late first round that'll get you like comparative value to to guys in the top five, top ten. So I think that's a big point for this year. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor is my number one. He's just so versatile, so dynamic. So. Um, I, I expect him to have another great year. Yeah, and Grant, with that being said, I know there's a lot of people that are considering Justin Herbert to be the MVP next season. Is he going to be as advertised, 40-plus touchdowns, and will the Chargers win about 12, 13 games? Yeah, I, I actually do. I, I, as I've said on previous shows, I think I'm. You know, the Chargers are going to be one of the best teams in the league. I think they'll win that division. You know, I think a lot of, uh, you know, talking heads around sports media right now are saying, wait, we forgot about the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs are there, but I think losing Tyreek Hill is a big part of it. Yes, you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, but I do think that Justin Herbert and the Chargers have such a more dynamic offense with Mike Williams. Um, you know, they have Keenan Allen, they have Austin Eckler. Now, the thing with them with health, it's always health, but Justin Herbert was proven to be healthy, and he's such a big kid um, that he, you know, he can take a hit and he can stay in that game. You know, he's, he's kind of like a Matthew Stafford tour. He's taken a lot of big hits, but he stays in that game and goes after it right after, you know, the next snap. So, I think that combined with his, his passing ability, he can run, um, you know, he'll launch balls deep to Mike Williams and Palmer. Um, I think that that's such a dynamic offense. And, you know, I think we'll be talking about them as one of the top two seeds uh, in the AFC, you know, by the time the season ends. Yeah, Grant, speaking of that, I wanted to ask you about the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. What does this have to do with Trey Lance? How does How is the outlook here? And did you like the move? You know, a lot of people, 49ers fans include, you should know this, are talking about him being, you know, this is a great move. This is a great option. You know, it's, it's a great thing to have. But I looked at it and I said, well, this doesn't really have a vote of confidence for the Niners for Trey Lance. I think this move is kind of like, hey, we kind of don't like what we see. We do like what we see, but we kind of don't. And we're going to keep Jimmy G because the first four games here, without, without Ward, you go into L.A. week four, if they don't see anything good by week four with Trey Lance, I think they go to Jimmy G because this season for the Niners is kind of a, you got to win it. Like they've been to the, to the Super Bowl in 2020. Uh, they almost got it in 2021. I mean, they've been close for about four years straight now with Jimmy G. So I'd rather be very close in Super Bowl contention with Jimmy G than have Trey Lance be a project. And, you know, if he's, iffy by week four, week five, you know, you can go to them. I, I see it as like the Niners saying, ah, it, we're not really confident on Trey Lance. We're, we're going to keep Jimmy G and insert him if we need to, because Jimmy G's healthy now. We know that he knows the offense. We know that he thrives in that offense. It was just a matter of him being hurt. He's always hurt. He's hurt every year almost. So if you have him healthy and Trey Lance is looking iffy, I think it's a great option. And yeah, he's the highest paid um, you know, backup quarterback, but you save a lot of cap space by doing this. I think it's a great move. There's really no other trades you could have done. I mean, you send them to the Browns for 11 games. No, they probably don't want to do that. They're not going to trade in division to the Seahawks. So 
You know, the other one was the Panthers, but the Panthers already have two quarterbacks and they already named Baker Mayfield the starter. You could go Jets, but Zach Wilson's going to come back probably the first five weeks. So there really wasn't that many trade options. So you, this is probably the best move. You restructure his deal. You get some cap space. You have a great backup plan. And for a Super Bowl contending team, that's really crucial. Grant, pretty much the only NFL team remaining without deciding on a starting quarterback is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's between Mitch mm-hmm. Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. How do you think that that's going to play out, and how would you decide that if you were Mike Tomlin? I think Kenny Pickett has been absolutely sensational this preseason. And, you know, people are saying, oh, it's Mitch's job. You know, he's the QB1. But I wouldn't be so sure about that. And I'm, I'm sure about this. I'm sure that Mitch Trubisky is going to start week one. I'm pretty sure about that. I mean, Mike Tomlin has, has exceeded his confidence about him. He, he's, he's told reporters that he loves what Mitch is doing and how he's you know, moved the offense down the field. But I really love Kenny Pickett. I love his confidence. He can run the ball. He can escape the tackle. I've seen many instances this preseason where he's escaped the sack and made a play. And that's, that's kind of what the Steelers are missing for the last five years of Ben Roethlisberger's career. And that's kind of why I thought they should maybe go after Deshaun Watson before this whole scandal came up. Um, because they needed that dynamic quarterback back there um, to kind of move the offense down the field. And Kenny Pickett is... As, proven that he can do that and i know it's preseason probably playing second and third stringers but his poise in that pocket um his ability to escape his ability to run um i think that he's probably the future now mitch trubisky he's, he's got his own you know positives too he's got a great arm um he's proven to be a, a pretty good quarterback you know he, he started with the bears he wasn't that great with the bears they shipped him off to the buffalo last year he didn't really get a chance to show it and i really like mitch trubisky but i think that you know penny pickett has shown so many flashes of, of being sensational that it's kind of hard to pass him up. Yeah, they'll probably sit him and kind of train him. Um, but I think that he ends up being that QB1 by the end of the year, in my honest opinion. I think he's that good. Yeah, Grant, I also wanted to ask you about the Lakers again. I know that this whole Russell Westbrook thing, you want him back. The whole genie thing, it's a problem. Would Do you think they can contend if they make a Utah trade, not an Indiana trade, and get a Bogdanovich and Clarkson? Or will that not be enough oh, to face the juggernauts like the Clippers and you know Nuggets Warriors? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. They can absolutely be a contender. I, I even said last year, and people are going <laughs> to say I'm crazy for saying this, but me and you, Brandon, both said this, that if you get healthy AD and LeBron into the playoffs, I'll take them up against anybody. And I'm not going to say I'm going to take them over anybody, but I'll take them up against anybody. And that was with the roster that they had last year that I thought that. So I think that this year, you know, you go into the season with Russ, you go into the season with a much better defensive team. You get a lot younger, you get a lot more athletic. Um, That's the thing that happened last year. You know, you had guys in and out of the lineup, guys that weren't really defensive minded. You had Carmelo, you had Wayne Ellington. Yeah, those were shooters, but you need that defense. And that's been proven. You know, the the Celtics and the Warriors had top defenses. So you go into the playoffs with that defense and, you know, they'll probably make a few moves. I, I can guarantee you that. Um, but, you know, you go into there, even if you add Bogdanovich, Bogdanovich has been proven to be at least put the effort through on defense. You know, he may not be as quick and as, you know, he can't move his feet as well as he did once before when he was in Brooklyn and when he was with Indiana, but um, he's still a pretty darn good defender. And you put him up there with LeBron and you put him with Pat Bev. I think that's a pretty formidable five to go down the stretch with. And like I said, AD and LeBron healthy going into the playoffs with any type of defense and some shoot. And look, the shooting isn't going to be that great, but you put defense, you put athleticism around them, you get younger. I think that's enough to be a content, not a huge contender. You're not going to beat teams like, say, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Nuggets, but 
you put yourself up there in the conversation if you go into the playoffs because everyone's going to be focused on LeBron and AD. So those guys are monsters in, in the playoffs, and we've seen that before. Um, it's just a matter of health. And if you go in there healthy with those two, I'll take them as a contender, honestly. Grant, you've already expressed your love for Paul George. What's a successful season for the Clippers? If they're healthy, do they have to win a championship? <laughs> mm, that's a good question. Um, I think you got to get to the finals this year. You don't have yeah. to win it, but I think you, you, you've got to get to the finals because you got to understand we're in year four of this this era where it's PG and Kawhi. You're in year four of this PG Kawhi era. Um, and it's kind of crazy to say that because, you know, before it was like, oh, you know, they weren't, they were healthy the first year. They blew the, the 3-1 lead in the bubble. They, the second year, you know, they're in and out of the lineup. They're pretty much healthy. Kawhi goes down. Third year, both of them go down. So then this year, it's like you've got, you, you've got to get to the finals. I think um, getting to the finals would be huge for, for this franchise. You know, 2021, they got to the Western Conference Finals, um, the first time in franchise history. Um, so this year, I think getting to the, to the finals would probably be a success. I wouldn't say a success because obviously you want to win the finals, but getting to the finals would kind of be like, okay, we know we can get here. Now let's kind of tool up for the next year and, and see what we can do because, look, it's going to be so tough to get to the finals this year. you got Mavericks, Pelicans, Nuggets. People are sleeping on the Nuggets. I don't hear a lot of Nuggets talk. Michael Porter Jr. is at the Rico Hines runs at UCLA and, and balling up right now. So um, you, you have teams like that that, you can't really sleep on. And, you know, I, I say that, oh, you know, just get into the final success. You have to get there first. It's going to be such a tough run, but this roster is built for it. I think this roster is really built for a finals run. And if they're healthy, they can do it and they can even win the finals. But getting to the finals, it would be a success this year. And I think anything less would be kind of a failure with, with the roster they put around. No doubt about that. Although, listen, here, I think they have to win. If they get to the finals in terms of them, being the team of Los Angeles and in, 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 in kind of going on with that. Um, listen, I mean, if they get to the finals and they lose to the Bucks or something like that, that, that would be tough. Grant, last two minutes, week one of the college football season. I do not count week zero. What are you looking forward to most? I will be at the Coliseum watching my USC Trojans. Not a big game, but listen, finally got a good coach, finally got a good quarterback. I'm pumped about that. Yeah, I, I'm very excited for USC as well. I was just going to mention them because um, they have a couple big matchups. You know, they have to play Utah twice. Um, you know, I really like what they did with the receiving core. I mean, they brought everybody over. They brought a great defensive coordinator over. Um, you know, Lincoln Riley's kind of mapped out that coaching staff where you, you put in place a great offensive uh, arsenal. I think the, the fact that the USC is going to be their defense, I, I just really think that their defense may be a question mark. Um, you know, they did bring in a few guys from the transfer portal. I know that. But, you know, having Caleb Williams in there at QB, having Lincoln Riley, I think USC is back on the map, man. And I think that's the team to watch because right now they're ranked 15th. And, yeah. you know, you, you look at a team that's ranked 15th and you go, ah, well, they're, they're going to be okay. They may, may not be that good. But I look at this USC team in 15th and I go, there's a ton of potential for them to be in that top 10 category, that top 10 college football playoff conversation. Um, you know, I don't think they will get to the college playoff this year. I think they'll be a 10 and two at the very least. Um, but you know, I, I think that with that offensive arsenal that they have, they're the team to watch because you put them at 15, it's kind of saying to Lincoln Riley, Hey, go prove it to me. Yeah. And I think that they're going to take that to heart and that's going to, you know, make them play a lot more, a, a lot better in conference and a lot better out of conference. They're favored by 34 yeah, I know, right? and a half, I think, to, <laughs> to Rice. So um, they better put on a show against Rice. And you know, I think they will. And I think they'll have a great year this year. No doubt about it. I mean, they're going to score a ton of points. We'll see what the defense is like. But at least they're going to score points. It's showtime back at the Coliseum. Grant, you're the best. Yes, we will see you here uh, next week. That's all the time we have yes, for today. Sir. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then.
again, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.